good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there. I'm Andy Anatko, and this is episode 95 of Material, the show that's all about Google. Russell is away this week, but we have back with us Kelly Guymont of App Camp for Girls. Kelly, thanks for coming back. It's really great to be back. I'm glad to be here. We, I'm glad. I, well, I, I will use the royal we on behalf of the mighty Material podcast <laughs> organization. <laughs> We're, we're just, it's 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 always such a great vote of mutual confidence when it's like I, I feel like if people invite me back to a podcast I guessed it on it's like oh good I didn't suck as badly as I thought I did and the other person is oh they liked me they really do like me they want to they enjoy speaking to me yes basically that's where I'm at because the Google in general and Android sorts of things are not where I spend the majority of my time so I was pleased to be invited and i'm super pleased to be invited back cool we got we got actually some really cool topics that are maybe you're kind of perfect for um well you'd be more perfect if it were about education and and lighting (laughs) lighting the lamp of education for the for the younger folks but this is actually a good thing where the first of the first part is that uh the the Samsung Galaxy S8 is going to be released at the end of this week as we record. But, mm-hmm. of course, some people who are extra special people uh, got Samsung Galaxy S8s and S8 Plus early so they could release their reviews today. Uh, have you right. been seeing any, any conversations like that online? Um, just that, that uh, there are people who have them and uh, that reviews of them exist. I haven't <laughs> seen a whole lot about it yet. Aside from, um, I guess, what would now officially be the usual right. snark about Samsung and releasing a new thing. Yeah, it's 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 always weird. It's it's like um, I, I I as a journalist, I like to be like agnostic. I like to just mm-hmm. write about anything that's new and anything that's interesting. And so uh, I spent most of today reading as many of the reviews as possible and taking notes. And there was, uh, I really like the review from uh, Boy Genius Reports. Uh, I'm going to have to um, think it was, who was that? I have a note here. Uh, there you go. Zach Epstein, I think it was the one that was mm-hmm. the most detailed that answered most of the, the, the greatest quantity of the questions that I wanted answered uh, for my own self. And so, of course, I'd say, oh, you know, as part of my mandate, I'm going to just tweet out, oh, by the way, <laughs> Galaxy S8 reviews are out today. Here's my favorite one. Link to that. And of course, immediately, I, I immediately, all the sour grapes are from like the Apple fans that are like, yeah, well, at least our phone didn't catch on. Has any notes you can fetch catch on fire yet? And Zach, Zach really liked it. One of the one of the things that he really liked is he thought that style wise, it's now at the head of the pack. Say, so, yeah, it's perfectly perfectly styled, except for the fingerprint reader, except for the okay. Look, it's it's okay for there to be other phones that other people like. It does, like their their yeah. victory is not your loss. It doesn't mean <laughs> that's been my stance forever, which is um, the the zero sum game is not. Where mobile There's is a limited at. quantity of happiness in the world. If someone is happy about their phone, it must make you more sad about your phone. Right. Yeah. And like the right tool for the job. Because I remember back when Android phones were very, very new, I knew people who were looking to upgrade from a BlackBerry. And when and the thing that they loved about the BlackBerry, the reason they had clung to the BlackBerry that they had was the physical actual keys of the keyboard on the bottom of the phone. And for those people, an iPhone was never going to cut it. 
It's just not because it doesn't have that keyboard and it never had that keyboard and it's never going to have that keyboard. So for people for whom that was the killer app, that was the killer feature. That was the thing that made them want to upgrade. Like initially there were Android phones that had that physical keyboard on the bottom and there were people who went Android for that reason alone. And if that's the thing for you, then that's the thing for you. Like I can't, you know, I can't sell you an iPhone if that's, if that's the one feature that you cannot live without, if yeah. that's your deal breaker, I, I, you know, I'm done. And do you have a phone that lets you get email now and lets you text people effectively? And, you know, you can send your location or you can look up where it is that you're trying to get to when you're in an unfamiliar city, things like that. Awesome. Like, that's great because if it wasn't for Android and if it wasn't for, you know, Symbian back in the day and even BlackBerry at the time when the, when the iPhone was released 10 years ago, there wouldn't be any competition and Apple wouldn't be forced to innovate to stay ahead of all these people. So when I see a phone like people are saying really nice things about the S8 overall, what that says to me is I'm extra excited to see what the next iPhone is going to be because they've been hearing rumblings about this forever. I'm sure they pay attention to Android rumors too. And so they're trying to figure out how they can leapfrog that phone. And so I'm just like, yeah, bring me an iPhone eight because that <laughs> thing's going to be amazing, especially if they have to compete. Yeah, a absolutely. I, I, I think the only way to make everybody win is to give everybody a choice and mm -hmm. and and the other and the other thing is that I'm I'm sorry that a lot of people get so excited about new phones. Uh, I'm guilty of it too, and sometimes I'm guilty of being so excited about something I like that by not using the right words when I write about this stuff, I might make people feel sad about having a phone that they really really love that's working great for them that they probably don't have to replace for another year or two. Uh, mm -hmm. and, real, and realizing that as cool as the S8 is, and every review I've seen so far hasn't just been positive, but in many places has been, oh my God, this is, today I have touched phone for the first time. <laughs> I, I mean, despite all of that, this is still like a $700 phone at the cheap end. Right, right, you know? right, right. And that's like, I, I can I can buy a whole computer with a keyboard and a huge screen and like, ports and stuff for that much money and <laughs> I, I keep I, I'm, I'm so tempted to uh, after the reviews to, to, to like I, I had that like little tiny tiny little gremlin in the back of my head saying yes but you it's seven hundred dollars it's not a small amount of money but Andy we we have seven hundred dollars and you know we're we're gonna make another seven hundred dollars in not too much time as as a, right. as a matter of fact by writing about the Samsung phone we will in fact make enough money to buy it wouldn't it be smart to just <laughs> you know you're pretty sure Samsung's going to lend you one but wouldn't it be the smart thing the, the the good thing on behalf of your readers to buy one on the day it gets released <laughs> to make sure you as like okay shut up your <laughs> your Nexus 5X is yeah. working fine if you're I'll tell you what if we if we get the if we get the, the the boot loop problem if we if we, then maybe we'll buy another one but for now right. come on it's okay it's a lovely phone you like the phone you keep telling people what a great phone it is why is it suddenly not a great phone just because it doesn't have a curved screen Ugh. right well in general i think this is a problem though that a lot of technology has and i don't know why necessarily that is but it's basically tech add like <laughs> You know, there, I'm sure somewhere when I say this, I own myself, paid for myself, an iPhone success 
it is not the phone that came out last September. So if you're really quiet, you can hear people turning oh up their God, noses at me for not. Oh my God, you have a headphone not... jack. You mu- oh, my... right. Poor, poor woman. Yes, I'm a heathen. Oh. Um, I have a headphone jack like a caveman. So I think like, but I love my phone. I love Apple Pay, which I came to a year later than everybody else. I love the raise to wake. Like I didn't, I never think about that even being a feature of my phone until for whatever reason I pick up my husband's phone and I pick it up and the screen doesn't light up and I'm like, what's happening? Why isn't your phone? Oh, that's right. You have a six, not even a success. So yeah. So like, I think I'm a caveman, but you know, look at that guy. So, (laughs) so like I think about those things, but you know, and I love my phone and I'm totally happy to have the phone I have and I'm totally happy that I have what I have as compared to the seven. I think the seven is great, but I don't have one. And this year will be the year that it's, you know, my turn to upgrade and, and I might want to upgrade. Um, you know, we'll see. And I feel like if you like the thing that you have, there's nothing wrong with continuing to like it. Even if somebody adds some, you know, even if somebody releases something else. So if you have, Nobody really has an S7 anymore. So if you have an S6 and you dig it and your contract is up, then I still feel like it's kind of Samsung's responsibility to sell you on the 8 because it needs to be, you know, it needs to be great because even if you're doing the subsidized thing where it's 200 bucks, it's still not an insignificant amount of money. You can't just go, you know, in most places, you can't go shake that money out of the couch and then go down to the Verizon store and walk out with a new phone. Like yeah. for a lot of people, that's not a thing. And if you love your phone that you have now, whatever it is, even if it's not the latest and greatest, like that's totally fine. Yeah. I have no problem with that. Uh, go I, you. My, my, you be you. It's the, I, I as my, my mantra uh, to readers is that if you're contemplating a new purchase, it has to either solve a problem for you or create an opportunity for you. And if it can't do either of those things, you probably just want it. It's not something you should probably have. Uh, right. And if you don't have I, – I will, I will say that if you have like a spider web of glass particles where your screen used to be, <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's, you know, and it's two years old. Yeah. You don't even think about having it repl- having the screen replaced. Right. Just you know, Hopefully. go ahead, retreat yourself. But yeah. again, it's you have to keep t- you have to keep talking yourself into thinking that. Uh, oftentimes, I will I will what I'll do is I'll say, okay, I'm so let's say we let's say that we decide that seven hundred dollars is a wise amount of money to spend for mobility at this juncture. Can we spend it on something better or something that we will right. like more? Like, how about we just simply upgrade to like one terabyte of storage on uh, on a bunch of things? What's what if we uh, uh, we go for we, we prepay for a couple of years of New York Times subscriptions, so we have stuff, stuff to read, and then by the time I add it up, I'm only up to four hundred and thirty dollars, and I'm realized that actually I want all that other stuff. I don't want necessarily a new phone, and then I can talk myself out of the New York Times right. subscription. So yeah, it's 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 hard to it's hard to be the <laughs> the nanny to your own. <laughs> emotionally <laughs> repressed self but sometimes right. you have to do it now let's, start, let's see if we can talk people out of this we'll start off with uh it's uh <laughs> we'll start off with the complaints that seem to be popping up in all the reviews that uh, i was looking at um cnet got one i think uh boy genius as i said got one tom's guide uh yeah cnet uh, jessica delacourt uh, wrote that review uh tom's guide was written by mark spoonauer uh, boy geniuses was written, written by zach epstein uh, Wall Street Journal got one as a very short one. 
I was re- it was really odd. New York Times wrote one of those pieces that uh, today that said we didn't get one for review, which seemed to be more like <laughs> we wanted to. <laughs> when you were the New York Times, that's des- that line yeah. is designed to make people think. Well, why didn't the New York Times get a review? <laughs> that's <laughs> my first thought. Unit. Is like why did they have to? Like I know why they had to write something, but why didn't they? Why weren't they able to get their hands on that's, one? That's that seems where a boy weird. Maybe, genius report did, yeah. you know, and these guys didn't. That's very interesting. Well, like I didn't get one either, so now I feel a little bit better about that. I mean, New York Times, <laughs> sure, in. maybe yes, maybe, but why didn't I get one? Uh, but uh, so the New York Times wrote a piece that was echoed in a bunch of the other reviews, saying that because it's kind of feature incomplete at this point. And they're mostly talking about Bixby, uh, which is the digital assistant that they demonstrated uh, during the preview a couple of weeks ago. That maybe it shouldn't be; they sh- you should hold off until you see how the whole system works. Uh, and mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah, all the reviewers were mentioning that it's kind of a serious bummer that Bixby does not really work uh, in the in North America. Uh, you can't use voice. It does have like that specialized Bixby button on the side where you touch it, and Bixby comes up. But even so, if you don't use your voice, very little Bixby stuff actually comes up. Uh, supposedly, um, Bixby Vision, which is the feature where uh, you aim the camera at something and Bixby is supposed to tell you what it is and where you can buy more of it uh, or what, <laughs> what what is the antidote for this. Uh, that <laughs> kind of works, and they're saying it's a little bit hit or miss. Uh, the good news is that Google Assistant is built in, and you can access it the normal way. You just double tap the home button, so you still can get Google Assistant going. Uh, and because it is as really very close to stock Android, as uh, particularly as Samsung phones go, if there's anything that is Samsungy about this, like the the launcher uh, or uh, the uh, or Google Home uh, or Google uh, Google Now, you can pretty mu- you can pretty much take replace whatever part of that, uh, like the Google keyboard, and replace it with the mm-hmm. stock keyboard that's available in the Google Play Store. Uh, but still, it's as a as a keynote feature of the phone to not have it working. It's like it's like in Spinal Tap, them saying, oh, this feature doesn't work in North America. I wouldn't worry about it. It's not a big smartphone region. <laughs> <laughs> so I was actually really interested in Bixby for a number of reasons. The first of which is I'm always curious where these assistants get their names. So you know, Incredible Hulk, of course. My, my first thought, of course, is the Incredible Hulk. There you go. Um, da, da, and it's da, da, because da, I wear. Da, da, da. Yes, you're. you're, you're <laughs> now, that's a Green Lantern ring. Yes. Yes, but it's a. But the yeah. center stone, the stone, is a gamma radiated diamond. So <laughs> it's nerdy twice. And you're, thing, you're, okay, so, I, I will. I will say that you do realize that that's how Lex Luthor lost his hand. He thought yes. he thought he'd have a kryptonite ring and that'll protect him, but it basically cost him his hand because the radiation. But it totally did. Well, that's why I wear it on my right hand because I'm left-handed, okay. so I don't that's necessarily smart. need it for stuff. So, so you did think this through? I did at least that far. Okay. So I'm always curious where the names came from, and I don't really know where that came from. And it's interesting to me that you call out in particular how non-branded this version of Android is that's on these phones. And the reason I'm I'm curious about that is because. Bixby is only like a Samsung feature. It's only a Samsung thing. And it it's only right now on the S8. Is that correct? Yes. Like it's not available for, it's not even fully formed now for the 8, for the S8. And so like we don't know anything, at least I haven't seen anything about it rolling out to older devices or anything like that. So 
if Samsung is gunning for its own stuff like this, Samsung is in a slightly different position than Apple. Apple can put out an assistant like Siri because they know that their software is going to be on every single piece of hardware that they ship. So it's easy for them to make Siri. And I feel like Samsung making Bixby is putting Samsung in a weird position because if it is when it is fully formed and it is something that people are relying on and that people are, are using a lot, then it seems like, you know, oh, if my phone breaks and I go into the T-Mobile store or I go into the AT&T store or I go into Best Buy or whatever and I need to replace my phone and I replace my phone with something that isn't Samsung, that tool that I relied on all the time is gone. And it makes me wonder if Samsung's going to just finally stand up and make their own OS, whether it's a fork of Android or something else entirely, or if this is something that they're trying to do to sort of build brand loyalty, which I don't see a lot of anecdotally in the, the Android people that I know. So I'm very curious what sort of flag that Bixby is planting for Samsung overall in the Android ecosystem? Well, I don't know. Uh, uh, what they're trying to do, I think, is create something that works differently from Google Assistant and certainly works differently from uh, from Siri and, and even Alexa. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, supposed to be more conversational. It's supposed to understand uh, uh, in, indistinct placeholders like not uh, like a send a pic send a picture the, the most recent picture of myself with my dog to my mom and unpack that and figure out okay. figure out how to do it. or when you're looking at something send this to 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 Dale uh, stuff like that um and Samsung for now it's it really is the iPhone of Android where uh, this there's a severely fragmented uh, Android space but when it comes to phones in the class of the uh, of the iPhone it really mm-hmm. is the latest Sam, latest couple of Samsung phones, and all the rest are kind right. of down the back of the pack. So there are a lot of people who are kind of loyal Samsung users. Um, maybe not necessarily because they you 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 cut them and they bleed the one Samsung logo color. That that <laughs> that Apple analogy doesn't doesn't translate. But yeah, uh, <laughs> but mostly because hey, the, my last phone was a Samsung. I really liked it. I just need a new one now. I'm at the T-Mobile store. Hey, look, there are all kinds of banners for the Samsung phone. Hey, look, I can get a deal on the Samsung phone. Right. I may as well get a Samsung phone, and I'm going to be happy with it. So it's if they're trying to create more loyalty, basically hold on to their existing users by giving things that are unique to the device and are going to make them happy. That's okay. that certainly works. But it is, I guess you, you got to remember that though that uh, even Siri wasn't really that hot <laughs> when it was first released. No. It missed a lot of stuff. Although it yeah. was the thing that really made for the great demo that worked. So. <laughs> But okay, no. we'll see. We'll we'll see if it's still kind of weird uh, about a year from now. Uh, another thing that was really common was uh, this has a. They had to because they extended the size of the screen to basically now it's a curved OLED screen that takes up the entire thing. There's no bezel left over. Uh, they can no longer have the home button double as the fingerprint sensor button. Uh, so they moved uh-huh. that to the back. And everybody has said that the place where they put the fingerprint sensor is 
really terrible. Um, a lot of other Android <laughs> phones, they have like on my like on my uh, aforementioned Nexus 5X, it's like in a, a, a well about the size of a dime uh, centered in the back of the phone that I think I think it's actually even a better place for the uh, fingerprint sensor than the home button of the iPhone because as as I'm taking it out of my pocket, I have a finger on the back of the phone anyway. And so this allows me to not have to like on my iPhone, I'm always like holding it with one hand, touching the home button with my thumb. So I can do it one handed with the sensor uh, on my 5X. But because I I guess they're kind of hurting for real estate on the back or places where they could put the sensor with all the electronics behind it because the fingerprint sensor is uh, a lot smaller and it's to the... Uh, to the right of the camera lens. So your finger, if it's feeling for it, is going to feel a little bit of a bump that where the LED is, uh, a bigger square bump where the camera is, and then like a narrower bump where the the fingerprint sensor is. So uh, CNET was saying that, yeah, this is clearly my biggest piece of frustration, this entire thing. Uh, yeah. uh, Boy Genius, I think, said that it's uh, they got used. He got used to it, but all of them were saying that this guarantees that the that the camera lens is going to be covered with your fingerprint grease because yeah. you keep touching it on the way to to find that other thing. Yeah, and the thing that I don't like about stuff like that is when it's not in the center. Um, this is, of course, my own personal complaint on stuff like that is that I'm left-handed, and mm-hmm. so yeah. when they design something like that to be like. Oh, when you hold it in your right hand, this is where your index finger reaches. I basically don't ever hold my phone in my right hand. Like if I'm in the car, then I pick it up with my right hand to change the track or whatever because I have a special app that lets it lets me navigate it by touch instead of having to like actually navigate. I don't have to look. I just unlock my phone and I can gesture around and navigate the music how I want to. So for me, that sounds infuriating on top of the fact that now I'm going to gum up my camera, which might, which is usually about 40 to 50% of the time, the reason why I'm taking my phone out of my pocket in the first place. (laughs) (laughs) So now instead of being that fluid movement of taking my phone out and swiping over to take a picture, it's going to become a fluid two-handed movement where I take it out of my pocket wipe it, you know, pick up my t-shirt with my other hand, rub off the lens and then hold it up. And maybe I can take a picture of something. And that doesn't sound fun to me at all. Maybe, maybe <laughs> they can sell like really good Samsung accessories, like Samsung logo shirts and that are made out of that <laughs> lens cleaning material so that you can basically make it into that, that fluid one part movement. Now, if they were, if they were smart, it'd be Samsung pants where the pocket is made out of lens wipey stuff. It would certainly send a new meaning to the phrase liar, liar, pants on fire. Hey, no, we're not letting it go. And yes, a lot of these reviews saying, of course, they've got a lot to move around for, but maybe this one is good enough to make people forget about the. I'm still back at that. I'm not done. I should have waited for you to be taking a drink because I would be, I would be, that would put the icing on that cake. Um, they were, they were also, people are also complaining, speaking of cameras and, and grease, um, people are making a little bit of comment about how, oh, well, it's the same camera as last year and you don't, you didn't have the ability to have in a, like a, a, all these other, everyone else is putting in like dual lenses for, uh, for fake zoom effects and for fake right. background blurs. Um, so that was more, less of a complaint than of a, gosh, isn't this an opportunity, isn't this always an opportunity to introduce new camera hardware, but they. They, uh, they did, uh, of course, they kept the, the, the lens and the 
uh, and the uh, the sensor the same, but they changed the image processing. And uh, Boy Genius Report would did a lot of like side by side comparisons, uh, be- particularly between the uh, the new Galaxy and the Google Pixel phone, that made it oh, cool. seem as though these were. They made a lot of improvements in the image processing that leads to not revolutionary improvements in the camera, but a good improvement in the camera where this is the their conclusion of a couple of different people was that this is still going to be a tough camera to beat uh, when uh, Apple comes out with their new iPhone at the end of the year. I'm interested in that because I wonder. I know that when the iPhone camera evolves every time. Part of why that is is because there have been advances in cameras since the last time Apple put out a phone because there was a lot of room for improvement there. Uh, You know, just like with the sharpness of the display, like once Apple got to the retina display on the little on iPhones, basically, um, you got to the point where like your eye can't detect a higher any higher number than this. And the number of dots per inch is higher than that. So here you go, and you'll never know the difference. And it's retina, and it's beautiful. And I feel like we have to come to a point eventually where the same thing happens with smartphones and with smartphone cameras and, you know, sort of like feature maturity almost. Like the processor is super solid. It's got a a great amount of memory. It's got a great amount of storage. It takes a great picture. And now the question is, um, you know, do you have some sort of, operating system loyalty or do you have some sort of um you know religious alliance that causes you to buy this phone over that phone and that it's going to become more of that kind of thing like like we sort of saw with computers and specifically laptops you know there there came a point where like every 6 months there was a new chip from Intel and like everybody's computer had to get upgraded all the time and then we kind of got to the point where like yeah the, the chips might get a little faster but your computer basically performs the same as it did before. And I kind of feel like we're, we ha- if we're not there, we're approaching that point with smartphones where the processor is perky and everything does what you want it to do. And, you know, like we're at the point now where maybe people are keeping their phones because what they have, they're totally happy with. And they don't feel compelled to upgrade because there haven't been 97 new things that evolved since the last time they were able on their two year plan or three year plan or whatever to upgrade from the device that they have now. Yeah. It's, it's, there are a lot of things that needed to be improved in phones over the years. And now they've all pretty much been, been improved. You can spend $300, $350 and get mm-hmm. a phone that I think almost everybody would be really happy with. And it seems now as though the only stuff that is really going to penetrate to people uh, is the camera because this is this is what you're taking pictures of your kids with, and this is what you're you know if you it's it's not so much the quality of the picture as it is the pictures that it didn't get that it screwed up right because the light was too low or because for whatever reason for, for whatever reason it didn't seem like the 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 color of the lighting in the room was weird but it came out completely green on the screen I was taking right. pictures I'm wearing a my my red uh, NASA meatball shirt and one of the things that almost all phones will never be able to get right is this kind of like really really stoplight color green i was taking i took a picture on instagram because it just i just occurred to me to just instagram out i'm seemed like a nasa meatball logo shirt day so i'm gonna wear the meatball logo (laughs) shirt and it came out like this weird sort of modeled mottled pink 
that I had yeah. to go into Adobe Lightroom, not just the, I had to take out the heavy duty editing app on my phone, the one that lets you oh have individual sliders for each of like the eight colors to say that, okay, wow. I want to desaturate the oranges. I want you to increase the luminosity of the yellows until I actually got like an actual red in there. So that's something people are going to understand. But also <laughs> it gets down to styling where uh, yeah. it, it's, it's usually how people uh, try to let air out of Apple's balloon by saying that, oh, well, they're a company that yeah, I, I don't buy apples because I don't care about I'm – not, I'm not interested in styling. I'm interested in performance and features. But in right. phones right now, you're, you're going to be spending – if you want a premium phone, you're going to be spending seven or $800 no matter where you go. And right. – I think that that's going to be a really, really big issue when you're in the phone store and you see one phone that uh, the phrase I keep using, I've been using for the past couple of months is like like a Cartier cigarette box from the 1930s. And the other one is nice. I mean, it's not, yeah. not, it doesn't look like it's badly made, but it's, it's nice. But this other thing looks like when you pull it out of your pocket, you feel like Nick and or Nora Charles in a 1930s mystery movie. <laughs> and when you put it on the nightstand, you're hoping that – you know, you, you would like to just accidentally you, – you, you feel like it's too bad that you can never take a selfie of yourself holding up this phone because it is the most beautiful piece of jewelry that you own. Yeah, uh, And that's something that – that is a fight that Apple is more than happy to fight anybody on about Absolutely. making a, a phone that just looks and feels awesome in the hand. So, I mean, it's, uh, people are – it's becoming a commodity. It's becoming the sort of thing where people are kind of happy with what they have and they mm -hmm. have to – uh, they they know the rice trick, so they're not even necessarily willing to buy a new phone because they drop theirs in the toilet. They right. but something really awful is going to have to. They're really going to have to need a new phone before a lot of people are now motivated to replace it. Uh, yeah. And because a lot of people, their whole lives, they, they identify their phone by its ability to uh, use the Facebook app, to use Spotify, to use the Instagram app. It's not even necessarily important to them that the thing run iOS or the thing run Android because this is just it's just a carrier for apps. So all the right. trouble it's these companies are gonna have. Yeah. That's fascinating to me because as you say that, now I'm sort of thinking about something that I said about tablets for a long time, which was that um and 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 laptop computers is that people need to be technologically honest with themselves. And for a lot of people, you may not necessarily need to upgrade that four, five, six, eight, ten year old laptop to another laptop. If all you're doing with that laptop anyway is I need the basics of banking and I need the book face and I want to be able to read my email and look up web pages, then maybe you can get a tablet that will do all of those things for you and you don't need that whole computer. Like if most of what you're doing doesn't involve a ton of typing, you may not even need to get an external keyboard for it. So I wonder if phones are sort of reaching that same sort of event horizon where like I'm happy with the phone that I have and I'd rather someday pay $10 for chipped glass than buy a whole new phone. I think the ultimate level of sophistication for technology is when like there are still car enthusiasts out there, but most of the people who own cars just buy it for a specific purpose. And they don't really – they don't know how it works. They're not enamored or enchanted by how it works. It's just a practical, functional item. And that's when you know that a platform has 
reached uh, actual people. Um, yep. We got to go. Uh, so uh, that's the um, consensus of reasons not to buy it. Uh, so, but now that we've got <laughs> all of our listeners in a state where they've got now seven hundred dollars they weren't willing to spend, I think it's time to hit them with an ad uh, because Let's. if you support our sponsors, then like we can afford to buy. Uh, the Galaxy <laughs> S8. Uh, but our first sponsor is uh, our recurring sponsor, Linode. Thank you so much, Linode. Uh, <laughs> Linode gives you, uh, episode is brought to you by Linode. Linode gives you fast, powerful hosting for your projects that you can set up in just seconds. They have easy to understand tools that let you choose your resources and your Linux distro, giving you the power and flexibility you need. And Linode plants now start at just five bucks a month, five stinking bucks a month for a Linux server with one gigabyte of RAM in the Linode cloud. Linode servers, they offer industry-leading performance with native SSD storage, Intel E5 processors, and access to a 40 gigabit network. They have nine data centers spread across the world, giving you the ability to serve your customers quickly. They have an API that allows you to easily automate tasks or develop custom applications in the cloud. And with super simple scaling, it allows you to resize your servers in just a couple of clicks. And it's all manageable via the command line. All of Linode's pricing tiers feature hourly billing with a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services such as backups and node balancers. It's never been easier to launch a Linode cloud server. Linode offers the fastest hardware network with a fantastic customer support behind it all. Linode guarantees 99.9% uptime uh, for server availability, and once the server is up, they keep it that way. Linode has some awesome pricing options available. Once again, you can get a server with one gig of RAM for just five bucks a month. They go all the way up to 16 gigs of RAM for only 60 bucks a month. And their two gigabyte plan now includes 30 gigabytes of storage, all for just 10 bucks a month. They continue to offer more and more awesome options to meet your server needs. Across the board, they're offering twice the amount of RAM you'll get elsewhere. And as a listener of Material Podcast, if you sign up at linode.com slash material, you'll get you'll not only be supporting us, but you'll also get twenty dollars towards any Linode plan. Twenty dollars that translates to three burritos. That's like three burritos you're getting for free because you are a material listener and because you use Linode.com slash material to sign up. So uh and it's all with a seven day money back guarantee. So there's really nothing to lose. So go to linode.com slash material to learn more, to sign up, and to take advantage of that $20 credit. Or if you don't go, uh, if you go to linode.com slash nothing, uh, just remember to use the promo code material2017, material2017 at checkout. And thanks as always to Linode for supporting this show. So now let's get to the, the again, the consistent uh, praise that's uh, there. People, uh, there are a lot of these reviewers that are using real superlatives about it. Uh, a lot of them yeah. are saying, uh, Zach Epstein of Boy Genius said, and this is, these are quotes, for Android fans, the Galaxy S8 is a no-brainer unless you absolutely must have stock Android. Uh, he goes on to say on the styling that now in 2017, uh, the new Galaxy S8 and Galaxy S8 Plus mark a changing of the guard. Uh, he referring to the dominance of, I, of Apple as the uh, so-called the top uh, designers uh, in the phone space. The torch has been passed. The student has become the teacher. Call it whatever you want, <laughs> but the bottom line is this. Samsung has outdesigned Apple with its new flagship smartphones. They look and feel like the future, and Apple's three-year-old iPhone design is stuck in the past. Ouch. Uh, Tom's guide, uh, Mark Spoonhour says it's the 
basically puts it at the top of their of their rankings. That Tom's Guide is the top smartphone pick above everything else they've ever reviewed. Uh, and wow. in his review, he says the Samsung Galaxy S8 and S8 Plus are the best Android phones you can buy, and they're not even finished yet. He's probably, uh, of course, uh, talking about the lack of Bixby. That's that's sticking your neck out. Wow. Yeah. Because of the way the phones are released, like Samsung's is out now. And if you want to compare it to last year's iPhone, you know, like the next iPhone is going to be compared to the most recent Samsung phone, which is, you know, months away. I'm curious how they stack up against each other, I guess. Um, Like, I understand what Zach is saying about three-year-old design, but at the same time, the home button to me is a different is different design wise. And I'm not trying to nitpick because I'm an Apple person or anything like that. Like the fact he that was talk, not- he was talking about how the iPhone hasn't changed. Uh, the basic design is, is, is the is consistent from the iPhone six. So yeah. yeah, if I draw a rectangle with rounded corners and I put a little circle at the bottom, you're going to point at it and go iPhone. And then we win at Pictionary. Like that's, that's how that works. Like everybody knows that's what a smartphone air quotes is. And so I get what he's saying, but at the same time, like, I'm still I'm I'm sort of with you on the technology of this where where it sort of feels like mobile phones are going kind of the way of the microwave where it used to sort of be special to put something in the microwave and now it's just sort of a given and everybody has one and it's not a big deal and the only time anybody really notices the microwave is when it breaks or um you know it says it's an hour earlier or later than it actually is because daylight savings time. So I'm wondering, like, I'm I'm impressed to see this, and I can't wait to get to pick one of these up in person at some sort of electronics retailer or whatever and actually see what the deal is because I'm curious what it is about how it's designed, considering all the complaints about the fingerprint sensor, what it is aside from that that is making people say this. There's a there's a lot of stuff. Um, CNET, uh, Jessica Dolcourt, uh, said the Samsung Galaxy S8 is without a doubt the most beautiful polished phone I've ever held. Uh, the bezel-less display with the curved sides is winning a lot of people over. Uh, Tom's Guide says Samsung didn't just take away the bezels on this phone. It crafted, it crafted a space-age work of art with a new infinity display that stretches from edge to edge. And I, I concur with that. Um, I, I was at the, uh, at the rollout a couple of weeks ago, and so I wound up using uh, the S8, not the S8 Plus for about 45 minutes. If three or four months ago, when all this talk about how everybody wants to try to remove the bezels, that's the that's the moon landing of phone design in 2017. <laughs> um, I thought that, okay, well, that's nice. Okay, fine, whatever. Um, if it didn't impress me then, it really does change your relationship to the phone because you're you're holding this sort of blister of water in your hand that's just filled with colors <laughs> that just with rolling edges that just end with the skin of your hand and it really is kind of magnificent it, it's just a beautiful uh, as a, it's a beautiful static object and it doesn't feel as though uh, they gave up anything to make that happen it's not it's not as though uh, it's as you're holding it in your hand, the sides of your fingers are accidentally registering as as button presses or taps. It's not as though the f- screen gets fuzzy or the colors get a little bit desaturated when you get to the edges. It really is almost like you're holding a green, you're holding a, a movie prop that's been painted green so that later on they will project in what looks like edge to edge, beautiful color and beautiful display. Um, wow. I'm not, I, I kind of wish that there had been, uh, 
maybe a physical clicky button at the bottom because I'm one of the things I'm really concerned about is how easy is, is it going to be for people who have visual impairments? How is it how easy it's going to be for them to find that virtual home button? just mm-hmm. by touch alone. And there, there are a bunch of other assistive uh, features so that they could sort of replace the phone with voice commands, but that's not the same as being able to feel and click something silently uh, as anybody else can. But it was it, they've done such a complete job of this, uh, this magic trick that uh, it, I really had to like angle the phone to the light really carefully to even confirm that there were like light sensors and a speaker phone speaker speaker hole uh, on the front bezel. I've uh, for the first few minutes I thought that oh I guess they moved the speaker to the very very to the top edge or something because they really want to try to sell the illusion that this is nothing but screen. And mm-hmm. if if the again I talked about the little gremlin that keeps saying, well, Andy, we have seven hundred dollars, and look, we've got we probably have that much <laughs> in loose change. Remember that big jug of loose change we have? That's probably seven hundred dollars right there. That was probably the thing that did it. It the screen did the job it was designed to do, which was to try to move seven hundred dollars out of my hands and put it into <laughs> Samsung's hands. So, how is it in the hand though? Because I feel like if you have screen all the way around the edges then you're gonna end up touching stuff you don't mean to touch that's not coming out how i mean for it to come out at all but you know what i mean yeah i know what you mean um but even the even standard phones even the iphone uh, it has uh the the uh the digitizer on the front of the phone will register touches all the way to the extreme edges of the screen, but there is code in the operating system that's designed to reject touches that it feels are inadvertent. It can basically figure out that if the f- if the finger started here and then skidded over here, then it prob then the user probably did mean to make contact with this edge of the screen. However, if 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 it got nothing and then suddenly there is a tap that covered uh, one uh, five millimeters, that's probably him just or her just shifting it in their hands a little bit all i said okay. uh, holding it in my hand it, it didn't uh, i used it i used the web i played some movies there were, of course it wasn't uh, a million apps on the thing but right. i never got it to accidentally trigger uh, and also i don't know exactly what they're doing for the rollover parts of the screen it also didn't feel as though there's something at the far edge of the screen that's been distorted because it's falling off a curve um, okay. I think probably probably has to do with the fact that most of the user interface tools that developers use says that here is the here is the edge of the screen. Don't put right. things at the extreme edge of the screen because it'll look ugly and it'll make bad things happen. But yeah, nothing nothing in the forty five minutes I spent with it made me think that this was anything other than a really really cool looking phone. I didn't think that I'd be paying a price for getting a cool phone. That's really cool. Yeah. So we'll 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 see only when millions of people get their hands on this and more I'm sorry, more important than millions of people I when I get my hands on it <laughs> to use it day to day will be know for sure, but a lot of a, a lot of real bad design you can't hide it for more than 10 seconds and I certainly was using it for more than 10 seconds. Uh, right. but not not only this not only the the bezel bezel of screen a lot of people were calling out uh just how good that screen is. Uh this is another one 
from uh, from Boy Genius. Here's a quote: uh, Regardless of which model you end up with, you'll hold in your hand the finest smartphone display that has ever existed. Uh, Tom's Guide, uh, which uh, Tom's Guide says uh, both the Galaxy S8 and the Galaxy S8 Plus turned in nearly perfect scores on our tests, standardized tests, uh, offering a very wow. bright picture, amazingly vivid colors, and near perfect color accuracy. Uh, and the next quote, I think, shows uh, the value of knowing your audience when you're writing. Again, direct quote, when watching the new Star Wars The Last Jedi trailer, we could make out every wrinkle in Rey's hands as she seemed to levitate the rocks around her with the force, as well as every rising ring of smoke around Kylo Ren's smoldering mask. As the camera panned around to the island where Luke was training Rey, it was hard not to be impressed by the golden sunshine that reflected off the water, as well as the lush green foliage dotting the mountains. Now that's a test. That's like not now. Now someone, now a little gremlin is telling you. Yeah, Kelly, we, we we yeah. How about how about those those girls in the app camp that want to develop for Android? Shouldn't I be more familiar? Shouldn't we be more familiar really with Android? I need to know more about <laughs> Android, and it's for science, right? Exactly. It's, it's just so, it's just good mm. business. Yeah, I mean, it, it's the advantage of these OLED displays. I mean, they're just the days a few years ago. There were some. There are a lot of legit complaints about them that they made things. They're brilliant color, but they made there are maybe two brilliant colors, so that they, yeah. they couldn't really do subtle very well. But modern OLED screens are just. I yeah, mean, they're just when, when they need black, it's it's bloody black. When they need yeah. red, it's bloody red. So I feel like there's two things that two hurdles that a new Android phone, regardless who it's from, are going to have to overcome. And the first is the quest for acreage on a screen because these are my hands. They're only this big. This is all the bigger they're ever going to be. In fact, I don't know if people's hands shrink when they get older, but this is all I got and it's never going to be more. And it's not much. Uh, I'm not 100% comfortable even with the success that I have. Um, because it's too, it's more screen than my thumb can swipe because I'm a one hander. I'm not a person who holds it in one hand and pokes at it with the other. I like to be able to operate it with my thumb. So the five S was awesome. And then I got a success and that top row has to be stuff. I don't use as much because I can't reach it as well. It's that simple. And I mean, it's, it's, it's binary. My thumb doesn't go that far at the end. And so that's like one thing that I have seen a lot of people sort of have to adjust to is a lot of people want a bigger screen. And I understand why I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. It's a lot of people are older and a lot of people want better visibility on the thing that they carry around in their pocket. Um, I think mine is related to the fact that I can't remember the last time that a smartphone fit in the pocket of a women's pair of pants, which is again, a rant for another day. But I think part of the problem is when I go to operate it with my thumb, I have a hard time doing that. So I'm not super excited about the ginormous version of this, which I think is, I think they call it an S8 plus, right? Mm -hmm. Is the bigger, the bigger phone. And additionally, the other problem that I have with that is with, with this one, which all Android phones have is updates. So if they make great improvements to Bixby, but I'm on T-Mobile, am I screwed out of that update? So maybe Bixby never works right for me because I'm a T-Mobile customer or I'm a Verizon customer and Samsung made a deal with AT&T instead. And so now 
my operating system is always back a couple of versions and maybe Bixby doesn't get the updates that it should because that stuff in the United States, that stuff has to all happen through the carriers as opposed to the end run that Apple is able to make in doing that kind of stuff. Like I would really like to see Samsung leverage some of this. Like if, if the S8 turns out to be a super successful phone, I would really like for them to have the ability to go, yeah, you know what? we're putting out the updates to Samsung phones from Samsung servers. And it doesn't matter if you're a Timo customer or a Sprint customer or an AT&T customer, or Verizon customer, when we get the update and it's good on our hardware, we are going to be the ones to push it out to you, mm-hmm. not your carriers. Cause I feel like that's yeah. one of the biggest problems that Android phones have, regardless who made it and regardless what phone it is. That's all. Yeah. That's historically been a problem. Um, there, there are a couple of things that ameliorate it in the, in 2017 though. Uh, for one, uh, Samsung is the iPhone of this category, so it's not. They got the. They have the resources to keep updating and keep updating. So, to, uh, often you will get the update uh, or the an Android update much faster uh, for, on a on a Samsung phone than you will on competing phones, where they're lucky enough to get enough money to keep the water cooler filled, let alone to support uh, <laughs> getting the new code and making it run uh, on the old hardware. Um, but the other couple things is that app uh, that uh, Google has made a lot of changes to the way that. Uh, Android works. So security updates don't require any intervention from any of the carriers or any of the manufacturers. You get those directly. Also, they've broken out a lot of what you might consider, particularly on iOS, to be OS features. And now they're just apps on the App Store. Uh, Like there's actually a a big hunk of the operating system. We're not even talking about an app. uh, Is a a thing on the Play Store called Google Play Services. So oftentimes you can get huge new features just by getting an update to Google Play Google Play services. Uh, or, and again, if you want uh, uh, the update to the camera app, you simply download the new camera app or you download the new keyboard or you download uh, the new Google Now launcher. Oh, wow. or in, so uh, it's uh, so the stuff that is architectural in nature, yeah, you still got to wait for the carrier to figure out a time and a place to actually roll it out. But it's not that bad. It's still a, it's still a good reason to think about getting a Pixel phone over, uh, over anything else. But it's right. no longer, whereas a few years ago, I would think uh, I have to really love this thing in order to get something that's not uh, a Google made phone or our Nexus phone. Now it's like, uh, maybe I'm ready to take a chance on Samsung. Um, but the, yeah. uh, 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 the other thing I've kind of forgot, I've, uh, you brought up a whole bunch of different, different good points. And I forgot what the second one was. <laughs> well, I'm excited to hear that the carrier thing is sort of being routed around by Android devices that, that, makes me feel better recommending Android to people who are already leaning that way anyway, oh, right. because one of the Big things phone. I always have to point out to people right. is that. Oh, and I'm sorry, you, you also, you're also talking about uh, uh, screens are too big for non-big yes. hands to deal with. Um, the, the Samsung, since the S7, has had this really cool feature where if you want, you can t- uh, put it into a mode where it will actually create a smaller sized uh, screen. That's and that's anchored in whatever corner of the screen you want it to be. And so if you're left-handed or right-handed, so you can essentially have a, a phone, a, a screen that's the size of like an iPhone 4 or an iPhone 5 that's taking up just a, just a section of that screen. Uh, and it'll stick that way until you decide to turn that off and then you get the whole screen back. Um, and also part of the fun of having this uh, of having this bezel-less display is not – it doesn't just simply make the screen bigger. It just gives it more real estate. So it's taking back a lot of stuff. So a, a phone that would be about the size of a, 
of a of a really good diner sized waffle would have the same size <laughs> screen as let's say a phone that has this, uh, a screen the size of, of an ego waffle you know yeah. so so basically put it could put a much bigger screen in a much lar- much smaller frame but yeah i'm 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 totally with you i really think that uh, a lot of people uh, particularly women are getting uh, underserved by the idea that you can no longer get phones that are practical for smaller not only for smaller hands but the smaller pockets that come in women's clothing and, and women's uh, right. women's handbags and i think that that's going to the I will be very impressed with a company that says that. And by the way, we have a new version of the S8. No, it doesn't come just in pink, uh, but we have right. a very we have a very small size one that has almost all the features of the uh, of the S8, but it's in a much more manageable size. We wanted to make that make sure that was in the product line for people who want that. Yeah, like the SE. Like if I had realized when when the iPhone SE was released, which was iPhone 6s innards in a 5s outered for lack of a better term um if i had known that that was on the horizon like known and not just heard rumors about it because i hear rumors about everything i would have bought one of those instead of a success because it would have done everything i wanted i would have got a new camera i would have got a new processor i would have had more storage and i would have had apple pay and those were the things that my 5s when i went and upgraded did not have and to be able to get all of those in the same 5S size package would have made me inordinately happy. So I totally would have done it. And I would really like for somebody to do something like that and have it. And I would really like for it to be successful because I would like to I'd, I'd like to think I'm not the only person who has this problem. <laughs> and, <laughs> and maybe other people would go, yeah, like, I mean, you know, I can see for the most part and I can make font sizes bigger. So it doesn't matter to me. And. You know, I'd rather have something that fits better in my pocket or fits better uh, in my purse or fits better, you know, in wherever it is that I normally carry my phone or like to leave it on my desk. Like I would like to be able to have something a little bit more compact. And the reason that that size argument always kills me is because I remember 10 years ago when the initial iPhone was released and everybody looked at it and went, oh, my God, it's huge. Who carries a phone that size? Yeah, it was. I I remember that too. How, how big the Galaxy Note looked, and now that's like a small phone. Who's <laughs> so, a cute little phone? Oh yeah. goodness gracious! It's like the baby phone. It's like it's a docking station for a much more reliable sized phone. A mm-hmm. um, couple other uh, bibs and bobs. Uh, the Dex dock. That's the thing you can stick the phone in uh, and have like a desktop thing. I think only Jeff Fowler of the Wall Street Journal, that's the only review that really talked about it. Maybe they're the only ones who got it. Uh, but he gives it uh, uh, largely a thumbs up. Uh, he says, uh, for the, there are a few rough edges, but for the most part, I marveled at how smooth it was to use. And with access to my mo- whole mobile life, at times superior to my Windows laptop. Uh, and of course, he wrote this column in the uh, using using the using the decks. Uh, most some, including Microsoft Office and Adobe Lightroom, are updated to take advantage of this full desktop mode. Most other apps are just stuck as vertical windows, but are still somewhat usable. Uh, sad news, though, the only app that wouldn't open for me at all was Spotify. So okay, so maybe you don't want to listen. And yeah, it's kind of sad. Uh, battery life. Uh, Tom's guide had the best battery tests. Because uh, again, they they ran it through their standard suite, and the battery test, uh, on, at least for Tom's guy's suite of tests, was really impressive. They put it at uh, the S8 a battery life of 10 hours 39 minutes, the S8 Plus at 11 hours and four minutes, which on wow. their giant ranking chart puts them just under the Pixel XL, which 
waited at 11 hours, 11 minutes, just ahead of the iPhone 7 Plus, which uh, was uh, 10 hours, 38 minutes, so about half a minute less than the uh, S8 Plus. Uh, but the iPhone 7 was way behind the S8. Uh, the S8 was, again, 10 hours, 39. The iPhone 7 was 9 hours and 3 minutes. Uh, the Galaxy oh, S7, wow. uh, maybe most impressive that it kind of kicked <laughs> kicked the S7's butt, uh, 8 minutes, 43 minutes, and decimated the Pixel at 8 minutes, 16 minutes. So uh, that, that was something that people, 8 hours, 16 minutes, rather, that's something that uh, I was worried about and other people worried about because yeah. you kind of you look at the specs that are of the components that are in there and they didn't just pack a huge battery, a, a larger battery in there. It seemed to be the same capacity as before, but obviously they're doing some sort of elfin magic to squeeze as many minutes <laughs> uh, out there. In addition to making cookies, they're also into power management over there at Keeler. Yeah. Uh, but let's uh, let's reach out. Let's talk about uh, Indeed Prime, another proud sponsor. Uh, this episode is sponsored also by Indeed Prime. Indeed Prime helps software engineers land their dream job. Candidates get immediate exposure to the best tech companies with just one simple application to Indeed Prime. Companies on Prime's exclusive platform message candidates with salary and equity up front. And the average salary offer for software engineers is... Drum roll, $125,000. You may express that oh, in forms of cool. fractions of a million if you'd like, but $125,000, that's enough to entice me out of uh, out of proud journalism. Uh, <laughs> Indeed, Prime is 100% free for candidates. So if you're looking for a job, that's completely free. No strings are attached. Invite your friends to Indeed Prime, and we will give you $200 when they get contacted by a company and $2,000 when they accept a job through Prime. Start referring now at Indeed.com slash Prime slash referral. And, of course, we thank Indeed Prime for sponsoring the material podcast. Well, we don't have a whole lot of time left, but there were some cool news that had nothing to do uh, with us uh, apparently promoting the Samsung <laughs> Galaxy S8 by reading off uh, all the positive reviews. Again, I, I read as many as I could find, and I did not even find reviews that were 50-50 on it. They were all very, very positive about it. So that's it's good because you know that if Samsung yeah. had had a problem with this phone, that would have that. They they're not allowed to they're not allowed to follow up the iPhone Note Seven uh, with something that is less than a complete success. So we right. we like to see people bounce back because that means that maybe I can bounce back from my horrible social disorders. Anyway, uh, but they <laughs> really cool. And these are some things that you're going to want to try right now. Uh, there's a brand new, just like completely overhauled version of Google Earth. Uh, and it's running right now, available uh, in Chrome browsers on any operating system, uh, but also in the Google Earth app for Android. Uh, the Google uh, Earth app for iOS is coming soon, and they're going to make it work with other browsers soon. But today, it's Google Chrome on the desktop and on mobile devices on uh, on Android. Uh, but oh my goodness, I was playing with it, and I would have, <laughs> I almost, I almost, I almost like messaged you and said can we do the show 90 minutes later because i'm i'm not done with my my phineas fog tour of of, I'm not of the done planet looking yet. everything up yet yeah oh, yeah. yeah it's it's just it amazing really cool uh, yeah i'll just uh, uh to, to sort of tempt everybody um first of all the 3d imagery is something close to stunning it's way more detailed than i'm used to seeing it really is like if you i kind of Especially, especially in a major city, I instinctively 
want to activate the weapons on my starship or spaceship because it's like <laughs> playing a game where you're on a strafing run of some sort. Uh, but it gives you kind of like a 3D drone's eye view. You can fly all around. Um, I was revisiting a lot of uh, my favorite sites uh, in Boston, and I'm, I'm really familiar with them because it's like uh, uh, really tough locations. Like the Boston Public Library, which was built in 1890, uh, 1892, 1893, uh, has like a closed courtyard. And that's usually where I see the limits of like aerial imagery because – you can, if you just fly over it, you'll get kind of a good 3D thing of flying over the library. But if you're like, no, 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 I think I'll, I think I'll, I'll pause my drone right here and try to get inside the courtyard. And no, you can't move directly into and land like in the fountain in the courtyard. But you could do a whole like 360 of I'm just going to skim the roof of that courtyard here, and you'll get it really get detail, including the statue that's in the middle. That in previous editions of Google Earth and pretty much every other similar product I've seen, you get the sort you see the sort of you can tell there's a sort of flat blob in the middle of it. You would not get, uh, and of course uh, there uh, like uh, you might be used to in Google Earth and other Google Apps, you'll see these little like you know red pimples that indicate that if you put if you drop your uh, street view guy here you will be placed at a place where somebody shot a 300 uh, physically with a camera shot a 360 degree photo so if you really do want to see what that statue looks like you can click down and you stop using 3d imagery and you start getting to here is a 360 degree photosphere that someone shot and contributed uh, and it really does get you into, I'm just going to spend the next three hours with my mouse just exploring the entire damn planet. It is so <laughs> nicely done. It looks really cool. I, I too went looking for locations I know, so I went to Disneyland. And <laughs> it's... Did you, did you find that retainer you lost in third grade? <laughs> I might have. <laughs> um, it's that much detail. And it's it's really cool. It's very sharp. Uh, that was one of the things I noticed is I'm used to grainy satellite photos, you know, because right. they've been grainy for years and years. And and these are totally not. And uh, and and I like that it's calling out like here's the Matterhorn bobsleds and here's Tom Sawyer's Island and here's the storybook land canal boats. And it's really interesting to see it from a different perspective, because like the Disneyland ones have always been pretty, pretty grainy. Uh, when there are actual uh, photos at all, some of it around the edges can get blurred out. And uh, this is very, very cool. And uh, I did look a little bit at Portland as well. And um, and like everything, everything looks familiar. Everything looks like it should. And I really, um, I'm really digging checking this out. So yeah, if you had said uh, we need to start the show later, I'd have been like, cool, because <laughs> I'm goofing around with Google Earth. Yes. Um, then there's, it's, uh, let's see, you also get... Uh, uh, interesting facts they, they, the knowledge cards will pop up so if you're in the boston public library i'll show tell you here's the if this is the boston public library here's a little bit of the history of it um there are also new uh, uh guides or like a, a system a feature called voyager that's sort of like a guided tour uh that has been created by an actual human so that oh, wow. uh, and they can be really pretty much on any theme like here is a, here are historical sites in Boston or here are buildings and buildings that were designed by Frank Gehry. Uh, here we take a tour of the highest mountains in the world, the places where Spinal Taps drummers died, that sort of thing. <laughs> um, and the 
first release. Is that a real list? No, I would love to. I I don't think that it's possible for, I I didn't see a feature that lets you create a, a Voyager thing. I think that's the sort of thing where they want people who are more serious minded than me to create these things in the, in the Google blog uh, and in the walkthrough they're talking, they're talking about, Oh, we now we work, we're in concert with PBS and BBC and national geographic. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, Cecily did a one with Sesame street where uh, Lola, oh. the character, the Muppet Lola will take kids on a tour yeah. of Mexico. And uh, here's a tour of Mayan ruins and learn about uh, what the culture was like. Uh, and yeah, so, but, but it's, it's not just like here, no, here is, <laughs> visit historical Ottawa, Canada. <laughs> it's like, okay, I mean, that's, that's fine. <laughs> if you remember what a film strip was like, you know. also, <laughs> but no visit, no visit to, to Westerly, to Westerly Rhode Island would be complete without a visit to the cheese factory. And here's where the curds <laughs> are put, are separated from the rest of the, oh, good heavens. But so, so it's actually, can oh, you be used strip. to talk about a whole bunch of different topics? Um, and uh, there's, uh, it's, it's just really, really good. There's even a feeling lucky feature that just says, yeah. I it's not it's five minutes past nine in the morning. I'll be damned if I'm gonna work for the first half hour that I've clocked in. <laughs> just take me someplace interesting that I can just hork around in yeah. <laughs> with my with my mouse. So well, one of the Voyager ones that I saw go by when I was looking at that was um exploring the national parks. And for people who don't necessarily get an opportunity to travel to all of them, it's it's a really great way to sort of get to see them anyway, because national parks are awesome. And that's but I do feel like they do need an occasional silly one like the curated list of where spinal taps. <laughs> yeah, it's good. See, I, I think that on the one hand, I think that you got to let users dis- tell you what's so awesome about the thing that you built by mm-hmm. allowing them to create their own content. On the other hand, it's like, here is a guide tour of all the places where I have drawn pictures of male genitalia uh, <laughs> when my school field trip wasn't looking. Like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, and but I also, but I, I'm with you, though, where I feel like the balance is that they need to create a few that are silly on their own. Like, um occasionally word will go around about a new thing that you can ask Siri or a new thing you can ask a Google or an Amazon speaker in your house. And, uh, if you ask it this special thing, then like something happens. So, um, the voice of Siri was used in the Lego Batman movie as the voice of the computer for Lego Batman. And so you could, if you held down the button to invoke, instead of saying, Hey, then if you called her, hey, pewter, or hey, computer, the way Lego Batman does, she had all these witty replies for you. And I feel like this is one of those things where Google needs to have some sort of funner lists. You know, not like I said, national parks are awesome. Right. I love national parks. But at the same time, someplace like where all the drummers died or, um, you know, the the crazy road trip the Blues Brothers took that time or whatever, like those are things that should also be able to be discovered on a list like yeah. that over over on jalopnik the auto sites uh somebody is uh doing like a series of uh 
abandoned like racetracks, like like rural racetracks that you can oh, see. Wow. That he's just literally just doing a helicopter tour in Google Maps, looking for these like overgrown with vegetation. But clearly, there used to be a track here. But it was and, an oval, yeah. Yeah, and then occasionally going out to see these things uh, physically. And yes, I would absolutely love for this person to create a uh, a voyage about that. So where it's not just here is a link, here is a list of links. It's someone actually taking you through and trying to explain, yeah. adding editorial content. So yeah, that, that I, I'm sure it's such a natural, I'm sure they're going to do it. Maybe this either a, I have not found the dingus you need to click on to contribute, or they're going to say, let's just, let, let's, let's make sure that people understand what we mean by a voyage before we let people create their own voyages. Right. Or just starting at a minimum, you know, so that people kind of see it and get yeah. aware and get used to it. And then they can start adding the fun stuff. Like, I'm just right. hoping that that's on the horizon. <laughs> Lastly, really, really quickly, um, remember a few months ago where uh, Google had this fun little doodling experiment called Quick Draw? It was a game uh, yeah. through the browser where it asked you to now draw. We're going to give you six things to draw in 20 seconds. And our artificial intelligence is going to try to guess what you're drawing. Yeah, yeah, that was as usual. Any really, nothing is really googly at Google unless it is a really, really cool and b just a little bit creepy. Uh, so yes, yeah. you were by playing this game and recommending to your friends you play this game. You were teaching its AI how what what different things are shaped like and how to draw these things. So now there is a new Google app uh, or online app. It's called uh, you go to autodraw.com. And what it does is you can scribble something that kind of looks like a bicycle. It will figure out that, oh, you're trying to draw, draw a bicycle. And then a little palette will appear at the top with the different line drawings that it has of bicycles that can then insert into your drawing for you. Oh my gosh. So, so if you can't draw and you don't even want to bother like doing a Google search for clip art, uh, you can do a sign <laughs> like bike for sale. I want money. I will not take baked goods in return. And with, <laughs> you just draw a couple dollars. You, you can't draw a dollar bill, but it'll give you a dollar bill that you can put in there. You know, you, you can't, you can't draw a cupcake to save your life, but it will, if you just draw something that's cupcake, like it was, Oh, you want cupcake. How about this? So, yeah. So wow. A, if anything, it's a really cool demo. I, yeah. It's, um, I don't know how practical it is. It doesn't have to be practical, but I don't know. It, I don't know how satisfying it is to, I didn't actually draw this and I didn't, if, if, if I knew how to draw, I would have fun actually drawing this. Uh, yeah. Even if it's just like a sign, you know, saying this is my lunch on the, on the break room fridge. This is just my lunch. Don't steal my lunch. Cause you're a bad person. I think most, or, or if you don't want to draw, then you go to the international emoji file and just cut and right. paste some things in. But it's still, again, the, the that intersection between cool and creepy. That oh, so it I can just barely chicken scratch out, you know, pork dumplings. And, oh no, that's not a shrimp dumpling. You want a pork dumpling? I, no, I've learned what <laughs> what pork dumplings look like. Would you like me to show you means. how yeah. much better I am at drawing pork dumplings than you are, human? See, that's kind of where I would end up is like my computer can draw this thing better than I can. And, and I know that and I'm OK with that. I no, don't need reminders. Not only that, but the computer's kind of a jerk about it. <laughs> that Jeez. too. Yeah. So go to autodraw.com. Odd that. So if you if you want to if, if you want to check out Google Earth, for instance, Google Earth is earth.google.com. 
It's not autodraw.google.com. It's www.autodraw.com. And you know, they got to, they had to have spent some money for, you know, they, they couldn't have been the first person to try to get autodraw.com. So again, maybe this is just phase one of something purely evil that we won't be able to stop until it's completely out of control, even by the own engineers who in their hubris thought that they could stop and control something that they had creative, but that's, that was act one. That was the act two turn. That's going to be it, I think, for material this week. Uh, thank you so much, Kelly Guymont. Uh, how do people find you and the rest of your your illustrious illuminations to the rest of the world? <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter as Verso, and you can find me over on uh, MacObserver.com when I have stuff to say. And a lot of times, uh, whether it's in the form of an article or in the form of the Daily Observations podcast, you can find me over there at MacObserver.com. And Don Melton and I are gearing up for a Westworld Westworld rewatch. We're gonna do it, even if I can't pronounce it. And <laughs> you might you might want to, you want to change the change the name of that podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's just the Westworld show for the most part. Just, just call um, it Where's Yule. <laughs> that's easy that trips off the tongue uh, we've been calling it greetings from the uncanny valley uh informally and um that's going to start up any minute now um as soon as don and i can coordinate schedules we're going to get back to uh taking another shot at the first season of westworld now that we know how it ended <laughs> very good i am andy Anatko, and as usual the price of a ticket on the andy Anatko digital fun ride is to spell my last name I'm Anatko on Instagram. I'm Anatko on Twitter. And you can get to my blog at Anatko.com. I-H-N is in Nancy, A-T is in Tom, K-O. And the silly things I write for pay show up eventually on the Chicago Sun-Times website at suntimes.com. Thank you so much for listening this week. Hope to see you again next week. Until then, remember, all else is immaterial. 